that's the whole idea of happening to your career rather than falling into a role because you were in the right place in the right time. You have discovered what place and what time you want to be in. And then those opportunities surface themselves to you because you're searching in a different way. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Being able to find and articulate your strengths is one of the most eye-opening parts of the career change process. Consequently, we talk a lot about strengths on this podcast. But one thing we haven't talked about much is what can happen if you dig in and focus on your strengths for years, as opposed to simply finding out and knowing your strengths and, you know, going to make a career change. What happens when you continue that self-discovery work and tweaking your roles and how you're spending your time over and over again to better align with your strengths? When you do that, you can reach levels you never thought possible. You know, one of the things that has been very eye-opening to me over the uh, going through my career change was that I have strengths that I've always viewed as like weird quirks, but they've they work really well in the job I'm at. That's Maggie Romanovich. Maggie started to get some clues that her role as a media coordinator wasn't the best fit when she realized everyone else around her was really into their work. They were really into media, and she was just not at that level of interest. She found HTYC back when she was trying to figure out what could be you know, the thing for her and when she was at the point of being ready to move on from that, that type of work. And she was actually one of the people that we worked with during the very first year that we were doing coaching way back in 2014. Since that time, Maggie has been promoted, not one, Not two, not three, but four times. By the way, Maggie is a master of using her strengths. And I think you'll learn a lot from her. She calls attention to her strengths so often at work that one of her team members has coined them Maggie magic. Pay attention later on to how Maggie talks about the ongoing experiment of using strengths over the course of many years and how she's used that knowledge to pivot into roles that aligns with her more and more. Here's Maggie talking about what led her up to that initial career transition. So I got my degree in radio engineering, essentially. So communications with an emphasis in radio. I started off in live sound reinforcement. It's funny that you call your company happened to your career because I happened upon a radio station when I had graduated high school. And I'm like, would you happen to need an intern? Because I would happen to like to do this. I thought PR might be interesting. And the more I got into radio, I was like, I really like this. And so I went to community college for a couple of years, came up to Chicago, got my degree in radio. And everybody tells you like, you got to start off in a small market, like you're not going to make it in a big market. And I ended up actually working in Chicago radio and I ended up working for our football team's broadcast group. And I realized I had a child. I had a three month old at home. I had just come back from maternity leave and my husband was seeking out a new career. And I was like, I, I can't raise a family on the income that I'm making right now. I love the people. I love the work, but I can't, this is not feasible. And so I had, this is where I'm very grateful. I had a friend who knew somebody who was looking for someone and I ended up at Constellation Brands. So we import beer, wine, and spirits. And we have a fantastic 
set of values that we've had for the 75 plus years that we've been in existence and they've remained the same throughout. And I started off as a media planner. And I started off as a coordinator. About four years into that, I got promoted to associate manager and I hit a wall. And I know I hit a wall because I had a wonderful manager, uh, Joanne Coleman. She was brilliant because she would coach you and you wouldn't know you were being coached until afterwards you felt better about what just just happened. And even if when you made a mistake, she's like, well, in the future, like, let's talk about ways you can fix it. She's wonderful. And my husband had just gone back to school to get his teaching degree. And he should have always been a teacher. He's brilliant with middle school aged kids and he'd coached them for a long time. And now he teaches eighth grade math out by us. And he's, he's brilliant. And she said, your husband just went back and he's starting his new career. He just went back to school. What would you like to do with your career? Because I, you, you don't have the experience set for me to promote you where you're at now. We could move you into an agency and then you could come back or is media your thing? And I said, I don't know. Let me think about that. Because she she essentially said, like, you stumbled onto this job. What if you chose something? And so, like, all of these little seeds were planted. And then yes. I, I was a big podcast fan. And I stumbled across a podcast called The Overwhelmed Brain. And I said, oh, that's me. Paul Coley. And yeah. Yeah. And and to be honest, like it was a great podcast, but the only one, the only episode I listened to was the one that you were on that said it was happened to your career. I'm like, I have an overwhelmed brain. I'd like to happen to my career. And once I listened to that, I ended up on the happen to your career journey. And so all of these things kind of started pointing me to happening to my own career. And I, I can't remember if like you were starting a website or if I just like connected with you on LinkedIn. And I said, this is, I don't remember how I ended up actually getting involved. So I remember we were like in some beta groups and stuff, but I, it's, it's funny because when I recommend it to people now, I'm like, this is what it was called when I did it. Let's search the website, which I'm like, oh yeah, they do all this cool stuff too. Like you should totally check it all out. But this is the thing I'm talking about. So what was great about it is it gave me a moment to reflect on myself. Cause I wasn't spending a ton of time doing that because I had a job and a baby and my husband was in school and, you know, it just gave me a, an opportunity to do that in a focused way. And so when I tell people this story, the two questions and reflection exercises that really stand out to me were was the one where you had people lay out your previous jobs and things that you really love to do, like projects that you worked on or people that you worked with. And everything that I laid out for my previous three jobs were like, okay, I was teaching people how to do something. I was setting up a workshop. I was trying to help people unlock something in themselves that would make them better and make them feel better for having spent the time with me or something that I created. And I was like, okay, that's, that's something there. And then the other one that really stood out to me was uh, if money was no object, what three things would you consider for careers? And one of them was a teacher. The other one I think was like a pastry chef or a baker. And I don't remember what the third thing was because I was like, oh, I was like, I love empowering people on the job. I want to go into corporate learning and development. And then the other piece of the pastry chef, I actually bake for fun and make all kinds of shaped cakes and I've made cakes for for people and stuff. So I'm doing that as a hobby now. I'm like, okay, I can embrace that. I've identified it, right? Wait, hold on for a second. That is, that is amazing. I I actually do remember the pastry chef because we talked about that way back. Because at some point we got on the phone and did a, did a coaching session and I remember you saying that the pastry chef, but that's, that's really fun yeah. to hear all these years later, you've been able to incorporate all of those little pieces in one yeah. way or another. That's the super cool yeah. way to go. Yeah. And so I 
was able to mishmash the whole exercise together. And I went to Joanne and I said, I think I want to get into corporate training is what I called it. I know now that it's not corporate training, it's learning and development and talent development and all those new phrases we come up with. But she said, I think you'd be great at that. Let's figure out how we can make that happen here. And so she put me in touch with our our training group. And I had an an informational interview and I said, what do I need to do to become a viable candidate? And so then I was put on a course for, you know, another training experience where I could learn more about the science of learning and development. And that was super helpful through a local chapter of the Association for Talent Development. And a job opened up while I was in the middle of that class. And that's where we had our coaching session because I went through the interview process it was long. It was several, several, it was, I think it ended up being like three months, but that's sometimes how we move here. But they were, op- they were creating a whole new sales training department and they needed somebody to run it. And I applied for it and I got it. And I remember we got on the phone to do a quick coaching session because I wasn't sure how to negotiate internally. Yes. yes. And you gave me a piece of advice that got me 3% more in the offered salary. And it was negotiation by silence. Like, just tell them that you need to get back to them. And so I actually told them, I'm like, hey, you know, I need, I need to review this offer with my family. I want to make sure that it's the right move. It's going to be a lot of work. I'll get back to you. I didn't tell them that my husband was a teacher and I probably wouldn't be able to talk to, the, talk to him until after I got home. And so by 5.05, I'm on the train coming home and I've got a meeting on the books for the next morning where they offered me more than was in my mind. And I was able to get more money everybody was happy. And from there, I was able to really thrive. Like once I figured out like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm getting in the mix and I'm helping people do their job better. And within, I think two or three years, a new position opened up for a new sales group. I was able to take that role on. And then last year I got promoted out of a reorg, which doesn't happen very often. And I'm, I'm really fortunate that I've, that my work has demonstrated that I was worthy of a promotion coming out of a reorg. And from there, I've been able to collaborate with some really incredible people at Constellation and be tapped for culture building things. And those are all the things that were identified seven years ago when I did that exercise. What do you remember? Let's go back to the first change where you were working in media and then Mm -hmm. you moved over to training and development. What do you remember about how it felt? Like what were the differences in in how it felt being in one type of role that was, let's say less aligned in one type of role that was more aligned? What, what do you remember about that time? So working on the media team, I loved the women that I worked with. They were so great yeah. to work with and they were so supportive and I never fully felt like I was carrying my weight like they were. Ah. And I think part of it was that alignment of, interest, maybe not of interest. Like it was all very interesting, like for whatever reason, like the concepts were really difficult for me to really like grasp and apply the way that they were doing it. And they were so, they're so good. I mean, one of the women I work with now is running one of the departments within media here still. And when I moved over to learning and development, things were validated. They had already clicked. And so I felt like I could grow because the way that I always approached things, like like when I worked on the media team, like explaining why we are going from one medium to another, like what that means for our consumer and our shopper, like the education part of that was really great. 
the application of me doing the planning for that was just, it was just more challenging for me. And so, cause it was very analytical and I'm very like left brained and a lot of that, or was it right brained? Whatever the brain is, not analytical. analytical. Yeah. Yeah. The analytical brain was not, not me in that sense. Now in learning analysis, like that's not a problem for me because I can, I know where to look. I know what kind of numbers to pull. I know what kind of questions to ask. So whereas it was scary to jump into a different pool where I didn't know the temperature, I I knew that I would figure out how to swim a little bit faster Mm -hmm. and I would feel like I was contributing to the organization and to my team as much as I saw Joanne and Amy contributing to what my previous function was. But, you know, I, I felt, I felt like I, like instinctually, I knew more about how to do these things. And like I had mentioned when we were kind of prepping for this, that quirkiness of me being a weirdo, I felt like I could really embrace that. And it felt less weird in this space. Like I could take, I I really love pulling pop culture references into my work. Yeah. And so we did a whole icebreaker on creating a band that's together. You're bigger than the sum of your parts because you work together better. And it was all an analogy from Bohemian Rhapsody from that whole scene where Freddie's trying to get them to play for Live Aid. And I've been able to focus some of those weird, like quirkiness things about me into things that make people feel like they belong. And that's Mm. been really important. You know, one of the things that has been very eye-opening to me over the, like since, since going through my career change was that I have strengths that have always been, I've always viewed as like weird quirks, but they've, they work really well in the job I'm at. And my former team leader called it Maggie magic. And I was like, Oh, I think you unlock something there. Like I've been able to to leverage those strengths to make other people feel good about where they're at and feel more connected to each other. Yes. So first of all, that exercise makes me very happy where you're using the analogy of the band and everything else. And second of all, I think that it seems as though to so many people that those quirks, as you call them, those those things that that make you different or uh, make you unique, they often get perceived as something that is a potential negative that you have to offset. Yeah, they're like non-conforming. Yeah, yeah, in so many ways. And I think we have a tendency to, one, not recognize that those quirks, those things that we sort of can't help but do anyways, are actually clues as to our strengths. And I love how how you're bringing that up to be able to say that, Hey, like it, it actually was a further validation that it, that this was a fit because all those things that were normally quirks to many people now actually worked here so well. Yes. Yeah. And, and so after making that change, it was really cool to be part of your beta because we were able to like provide feedback and you developed all these cool things and we were able to experience them when they were in their infancy and got to watch them grow up. I connected with one of the instructors from that course that I took and she was getting her coaching certification. So I helped her get her hours and she helped coach me. Cool. And one of the things that we did was strengths finders. And so the strengths finders that I discovered on happened to your career, the strengths finders that I have in here. And like the idea of if I can amplify those strengths, rather than trying to like accommodate the things that I'm not as strong in. Yes. Like it's going to, it's going to make a bigger difference for me to amplify my strengths than to try to like make up ground for things that aren't as strong for me. And so it's less of a struggle to be in my function 
and it's less of a struggle to function because I'm doing things that I'm naturally drawn to as opposed to things I'm trying to force myself into. And that's like, like, to me, like that's the whole idea of happening to your career rather than falling into a role because you were in the right place in the right time. You have discovered what place and what time you want to be in. And then those opportunities surface themselves to you because you're searching in a different way. Yeah. And and you make such a great point too about it is, I don't remember how you said it, but basically it's more impactful and it feels better too to focus on amplifying those strengths as opposed to trying to minimize or offset the, the weaknesses, which is, that's an unfortunate, I'd really like to make an impact on that in the world in a variety of different ways, because that's so much of what happens on accident out in the real world. Mm -hmm. You get feedback on what you suck at. You get feedback on all of the, essentially all your weaknesses. Here's some things you could do better. Yeah. Here's some things (laughs) you you could do better. Like let's, let's like, well, you think I didn't know that already? Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> tell me something that I'm good at that I can do more of, please. <laughs> exactly. But it totally flips that on its head. And actually yeah. now, even just 10 years later from when we started doing this, there's really wonderful data to be able to support that that's actually a much more effective, more productive approach, even to the point where, you know, people that are engaged in their strengths type activities, just as little as one to two hours a day difference, actually smile yeah. more throughout the day. I'm happier. Like I'm, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of circumstances that are leading to my happiness, which like, I'm not like physically dealing with infants anymore. Who were <laughs> brilliant yes. babies. They were brilliant babies, but I'm in, they're very much in the mental game of my parenthood at this point, which is a different, that's a, I'm not as tired physically as I was before, but finding the things that you excel at from a career perspective, like you're not bringing all that baggage home. And I want to be really clear, like my job on the media team was fantastic. Like they were wonderful to work with. And it was very like, you could see the results of your efforts and we had good analysis around it, but it's just like the, that leveling up of my happiness because I was impacting the way that I wanted to. And I'm able to align with my values of supporting people in the role that I'm in. Like, I love when in a workshop, somebody's like, oh, that totally makes sense now. And I'm like, you knew it all along. I just turned a different key than you were thinking of. Like, that's really, that's what, what something like happened to your career did for me. It's like, you had this inside you. It's just, you didn't have the right set of keys. Like you were working on a different set of keys. So, and, and actually that makes me think of another exercise that really stands out to me now that we're reflecting on it. One of the things that you said, and I don't remember if it was in a video that I watched or in an exercise or maybe both, but we listed out the things that you wanted. It was really easy to have an exhaustive list of things that you don't want, but it's really hard to identify what you do want. And having the opportunity to reflect on that also helped me shift. Because it was like, what, what are the things that trip you up? And what are the things that you really love? So that was, that was a really powerful exercise too that kind of sunk, sunk behind. But you know, now that we're reflecting on it, it made a big difference. That's interesting. So how would you say that that had an impact for you in how you thought about what you specifically wanted or needed? Well, I think I can probably make the best analogy thinking about my industry, right? Like when you look at the beer cooler and you don't know what you're going to shop for, Uh it's really easy for you to walk through and be like, well, I don't want that. 
And I don't want that. And so you're really just making a choice based on the elimination of the things around you. Whereas you're like, this is this is the occasion that I'm going for. This is the kind of experience that I want to have. These are the kinds of imagery I want associated with whatever this event is that I'm buying my beer for. And you go and buy that beer because you knew what you wanted. And it makes your decision-making, it's less of a struggle to make that choice because you buy, you you know what you're looking for as opposed to what you're trying to get out of the way. I, I love that analogy because in some ways it is very much, it is so much more difficult to be able to walk over to the empty beer cooler and say, no, this is, this is actually what I want without those choices in front of you, as opposed yeah. to what you said, having that process of elimination. Well, I don't know if I want this. No, that doesn't seem quite right. I guess you I'll spend so much time, yeah, right? You spend so much time trying to figure that out. But if you know what you want, it takes you, it's a, it's a shorter distance. For sure. Interesting. So my question becomes then, how have you, how have you doubled down in some of these areas? Because you started exploring and finding what felt right. All of those quirks, as we said, started to align and it's like, wow, they work here. And then that kept turning into a variety of different promotions, new opportunities. So what did that actually look like when you went from that first role in training and development to the second or third role, how did that, how did that change and help you understand more of what worked for you or what didn't work for you? So I I did a lot of self-development, obviously, like I came upon your exercises and I sought out a lot of development on my own. And I think I'm in a really great environment where I can experiment a lot Mm -hmm. because learning and development can be a little ethereal. It's not like a transaction where if I give you this, you give me that and here's my result. And so it gives me an opportunity to experiment a little bit. And so that's definitely a benefit of being at the company I'm at Yes, and in the culture that we're in. As I think about how I doubled down on those things, the more I experimented, the more I saw people's enthusiasm for what I was creating, what I was co-creating, what I was collaborating on. And it's almost like, um, not that I'm performing, but in a performance, the more people applaud, the more energy you have to do that thing again, right? So that was sort of my applause, to quote Lady Gaga, that I was living for. I started seeing a lot of positive reactions to things like creating the band, right? We were able to create our culture around that, but also identify what it's like to be part of a team. And, And so I think I was able to experiment and replicate and grow and experiment, replicate and grow. And that unlocked for me more ideas for me to like go a little bit further outside the box. Oh, that worked. Okay. And I'm going to go a little bit further outside the box. So then when I moved into this role, it's a much bigger team than I was supporting before. I was supporting about a hundred people. And now I support around 400 people from an education perspective. And that's just with our internal Yes. Stakeholders, our external stakeholders, that universe is even bigger. And so being able to start off in that first role and see that progression in a quick enough pace that I still recall all of those little experiments that worked or didn't work, it makes me braver to reach further outside of that box and talk to leaders about like, 
what if we thought about doing it this way? I'm going to put all this stuff in the martini shaker with a little bit of seltzer. Like it's going to get fizzy. Like, are you ready for that? And it's paying off. I've been in this current role for a year. And some of those experiments that I did on that smaller scale, I'm now able to replicate for a larger group. And now I've got more people to collaborate with too. Like the the women who work with me, you know, in learning and development and and the guy who works on my team, like we have a really good time and we collaborate really well and we're able to multiply those things. So, so I would say just that, that sense of creative expression that impacts our business has been really powerful. And the more I do it, the braver I get to get more people on board. I'm not sure that I totally answered that question. Well, I think you did. And I think you brought up some even more important points too, because I took, when we started talking, I told you I was really excited for this conversation. And I think one of the reasons that I'm now even more excited is because as you're explaining your career trajectory, you're talking about the experimentation that took place. And then each one of those experiments helped get you feedback to be able to see that, Hey, this is working for me and is working for other people, no matter what we were talking about falling into that experiment, or this doesn't work as well. And I can focus on the, on the areas that are working, but I think the thing that is so wonderful here is a lot of times we got really we get really caught up into what is the next step or like going all the way to perfect or and that doesn't exist in any way whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's it's impossible. Let's do something that actually is more useful and yeah, don't go for for that. All that to say though that this has happened over a period of 7 years for you mm-hmm. where ongoing experiments have fueled your understanding of yourself and what you need and what you want. And then at the same time, allowed you to then make steps closer and closer and closer to what you want and the contribution that you're providing for other people too, which is really fun to see. So I'm really glad that we're, we're getting to do this and have this conversation after seven years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's almost like a, like a before and, and I guess mid, cause it's definitely not after, Yeah, but you know, I, I think to, to kind of bring that another step further, Yes, the more comfortable and confident I've been in my ability to create things that make me fulfilled and better at my job, it is also reflecting in how the business is responding to it too. Like they're getting things out of it because I'm better at what I do. They are receiving more from me, which makes me better at what I do, which makes them receive more from me. And it's hard. Like you talk about perfection. It's really hard to create something that kind of embraces all of your little quirks, reveal it to people who might not appreciate quirks the same way that you'd want them to. So, you know, I've been able to get a lot more professional courage and I haven't really been shut down. Like those are things that that people, I've opened myself up to feedback where like, all right, what would we do differently? Right. But nobody's ever really said like, that is completely wrong. The only person who's ever said that to me was me. Mm -hmm. And now I'm trusting me more to be able to open those more creative parts of my function up. And our leaders are like, yeah, let's try it out. And have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Once you kind of let that fear go, you build something better because you're not, you're not like, Hey, this isn't personal. This is something that they need. So how do we make it something that works for everybody? Well, I think that that's a story that I've heard many times over. And I think 
it is scary for any human being, most human beings. Maybe there's, I don't know, somebody out there who is not scared of it, but it's scary to put ourselves out there in that ways. And that, and when we're talking about strengths and talking about quirks and things like that, like that really is us in one way or another, putting ourselves, our truest selves out there. And actually I really love uh, Martin Seligman's definition. He's, he's, the guy who coined signature strengths and that whole terminology in the first place. But he talks about signature strengths really being you in your truest form. And if we think about that as a definition around strengths, like your quirks and all those things that make you, 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 you your uniqueness are just you in your truest form. And that is freaking scary to put yourself out there. So what I love about what you've done is that you've, continued to raise the bar every time you get feedback that, oh, this actually works, then you've continued to raise the bar and go a little bit deeper, a little bit further and continue to get that feedback. And the part I think that everyone underestimates is, and this is the story I've heard over and over again, is that actually people usually get a really wonderful response to putting more of themselves out there for the most part. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to we're all fearful that like I'm going to be rejected. And sometimes that happens. And sometimes that's wonderful, actually, because then you can go to a different place where people are responsive yeah. to those quirks. The rejection just is, that's something to cross off your list. You know, it's like, okay, that didn't work. That's fine. Like I'm going to, and sometimes it's harder to shake it off than other times. But but a couple of things that, made, that I thought of while we were having that exchange is like my quirks don't make me special, more special, less special than anybody else. Like everybody has quirks, right? Yes, like, yes. but, but once I stopped trying to hide parts of myself and became my true self, I saw more success, mm-hmm. you know, and going back to what, you know, seven years ago, they happened to your career exercises, help me figure out like, okay, what are these little truth nuggets that I can pull out and start exploring more? And I've, I've been able to do a lot more with it. Like just from work, the business resource groups that I'm a part of, the inclusion council that I'm part of, I do work in my community as well. It's I'm like, all right, what are the things that I'm that I like to do and that I'm strong at? I'm going to focus on those things rather than sign up for every event. I'm going to run the variety show, and that's one thing that's big and it happens once a year. Like kind of yes to less, but make make those things more impactful. Yeah, I'm on our DEI committee. I'm not going to run the whole thing, but I'm going to be a liaison because I really want to connect the community to better resources and and make sure that there more more voices are heard. And so like, okay, those are little things that are going to make a big difference in that space and being able to figure out who I am and what's important to me. You know, the way I raise my kids, like, what are we focusing on here? The way that, you know, my husband and I spend our time and our money, like, like, let's stop doing things we don't find value in or feel obligated to do. I mean, there's some obligations you have to do, but the same thing applies for work and in your personal life. Like the more you can seek out opportunities that really demonstrate your strengths, the stronger your performance is going to be. Yes. Agreed. So now it makes me very curious. If you were to go all the way back for just a second here to that first change, because we have a lot of people that are listening to this Mm -hmm. that are right at that point where you were seven years ago or so, where you're like, Hey, this is a, this is a great situation, but it's not totally the right fit. It could be better. There could be more. What advice would you give that person at that point in time? So the advice that I would give that person is advice that my brilliant wise husband has given me. And the time is passing whether you are participating in your life or not. 
So go do the thing. Even if it's just one step forward, that's one step closer than you were yesterday. Even if that step doesn't work out and it's a misstep, it's something that you can cross off your list, but the time is passing. So what are you going to do with the, the rest of the revolutions you have around this planet? Like, let's just keep moving forward. Even if it's something small that gives a little bit of progress, eventually that momentum is going to pick up and it could be a little bit scary. It's like getting to the high dive and you just creep a little bit closer and you look over <laughs> the edge until you finally jump in. But the time is passing anyway. So do something with it. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Let me ask you one more, since we're on the subject of what advice would you give? What about the person who is maybe just one or two roles ago that is looking to dive further into their strengths? Maybe they already have a good understanding of some of the pieces that are their quirks or make them great, but then they, they know that they want more and they're in, in that spot. So put yourself back in that spot just a couple of years ago here for a second. What yeah. advice would you give to that person? If you're circumstances don't like if your employment circumstances don't fulfill all of the things that you think you can do look in your community for ways to make a difference there might be things that you can't can't leverage at work the way you can leverage in your community and that can be a surprising piece of your puzzle of fulfillment and it can also be a place to spend your time while you're waiting out the next step in your role because when you work, when you're active in your community, you're still developing skills that you can use at your job. And also look for maybe stretch projects and mentorships at your company where it's like, well, one of the things that really made, helped me figure out that I was good at learning and development and enablement is I was brought into a project at work where we were rebuilding our purchasing program. And I was the subject matter expert for the marketing team. And so I was able to be a subject matter expert, give some advice on how to how this needs to be built so that it'll work within our financial requirements. But then they also tapped into me to train the different levels of people who were in our part of the organization and how they needed to use this new tool. And so that allowed me to demonstrate some expertise. It allowed me to do something a little bit different by developing a training program. And I didn't get a, a raise out of it. I didn't get a promotion out of it, but it was another thing to put on my resume and put in my toolbox of things that I could use on the next job. That's so it might cool. not be something immediate, but the time is passing. So get involved in other ways, in another non-traditional ways, and that might help you get to the next level. Maggie's story is one of the many that you can read about in our upcoming book, Happen to Your Career, an unconventional approach to career change and meaningful work. It actually hits shelves on October 18th. If you're listening to this and you enjoy this podcast, I know that you'll love the book and I would encourage you to go get it. You can visit happentoyourcareer.com slash book to learn more about the book. All right, we'll see y'all next week. Here's what's coming up. In 2020, I was in San Diego with my wife, Alyssa, celebrating 21 years together. We had a few hours before heading to the airport and flying home to our three kids, so we met up with Michael, a former client, at a diner overlooking Pacific Beach. He had spent that morning photographing the ocean. This meetup took place only a few months after Michael had accepted a new role as an independent mortgage broker a completely different career from the one where he had struggled and one Michael had never imagined he would land in. But he was deliriously happy, smiling and telling me and Alyssa just how much better his life was than it had been in years. 
all that and plenty more next week right here on Happen to Your Career. Make sure that you don't miss it. And if you haven't already, click subscribe on your podcast player so that you can download this podcast in your sleep and you get it automatically. Even the bonus episodes every single week, sometimes multiple times a week. Until next week, adios. I'm out.